And I remember sitting there thinking I'm watching something quite incredible, something quite special. I did think, oh, this is going to be a bit of a bit of a struggle to get through. Um, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. You've got these beautiful characters. It is a bit of a Marmite film, it seems. I love this film. It's a fantastic film and I'm glad you picked it because I haven't seen it for ages. So thanks, Giles. This is what happens, Larry, when <laughs> yeah. you fuck a stranger in the ass. <laughs> On the ITV version, it was like, this is what happens when you meet a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone, joining Flixwatch today we have Giles. Hello. <laughs> Jim. Hello. And as always, Kobe. Hello. And we're reviewing The Big Lebowski. Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello film fans, welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us remotely today, we have Giles and Jim. If you'd like to say hello, please, and tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Well, I'm Giles Payphips. I'm a writer and a podcast host and producer alongside Jim. Um, I do um, the Blank Podcast and I also um, present and uh, co-host and produce uh, a little bit of positive with Julia Bradbury. Uh, I'm Jim Daly. I am the wind beneath Charles's wings <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast and in many other ways. Um, and I'm a stand-up comedian, podcaster, and terrible, terrible actor. <laughs> so tell us why you started Blank Pod. It was your idea, wasn't it, Jim? No, it was Giles. It was all Giles's idea. Was all Giles, idea. Yeah, I got brought on board for the tech support. That's um, not and, true. And the company. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've always liked collaborating, and it was always something. You know, if I was going to do a podcast, I mean, I'd wanted to do a podcast for about ten years, and I just didn't know anyone who'd want to do it with me and then um, managed to coerce Jim into doing it with me. <laughs> Ran out and of I options. Just, got yeah. the bottom of the list with the yeah. Jim. <laughs> I think we just, we were, well, I think we just had lots so much in common and, and I guess because mm. of the subject of the podcast, it was just seemed um, perfect for us to sort of delve into the subject of, you know, talking to people who were having difficult moments because we were going for our own sort of difficult creative moments, weren't we? So. Yeah, we were. Yeah, you were, you were sort of going through a bit of a blank moment with writing and I was trying to get back on stage doing stand-up. And um, so the timing was right, and we got to meet some amazing people on the pod, mm -hmm. and we've learned a lot from them. It's been an incredible journey, to be fair. It's like now, therapy for us, isn't it? It is. It is, in a way. It is like therapy, yeah. Free, free, free therapy. therapy. Someone has to yeah. edit that down, and then you've got to post it, and you're paying for your, your, your hosting costs. and <laughs> Not free, but, you know, it's uh, invaluable. It's a lot cheaper. A lot cheaper than <laughs> Yeah, <that>. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you said it, it has actually helped you at least reassess where, where that blanks come from. How has your own podcast helped you write more or get out on stage more or, or live life better? Well, I think for me, it's having conversations with people who are like, who are, you know, your 
you're big fans of the big inspirations to you who 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 are incredibly successful in what they do and and hearing their stories and their struggles as they go through their journey um and being able to relate to that and think okay well that's you know it's perfectly normal to have those moments mm. and to, also we you know we, at the end of each um episode we always ask our guests to tell us how they get through their own blank moments and those bits of information are invaluable I, you know hopefully they're invaluable to our listeners but certainly for me and jim we i you know take on a board a lot of those um bits of advice that we get and certainly it's inspired me a lot more to um with all my creative um projects yeah i think it's knowing as well that these incredibly famous people have the same creative problems that we do not just creative problems sort of you know, mental health problems related to anxiety and uh imposter syndrome and stuff like that yeah, I think it's incredibly humanizing and um, it's uh, it, it helps as well with your own creative endeavors. I actually had got to the point this year where I'd written a solo show and was ready to perform it as part of Camden Fringe and then COVID ruined that and I still haven't written it and that was supposed to be about a month ago. So um, yeah, aside from that, it's going great. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the show. I do enjoy it and I do, take, I do enjoy the tips that uh, and just the confirmations that if you've got more money or quote unquote success it doesn't necessarily mean you're devoid of, of problems and Indeed. i think that's kind of life affirming um but we have a guy in this film who's got problems in that someone's pissed on his rug yes. <laughs> which, is, which is real life i think it's a real world world scenario and we're talking about the big lebowski which is your choice giles giles can you tell us why you chose it and then you have a minute or less for a synopsis okay well i mean the big lebowski is in is easily in my top five films of all time. We're going to have um, to come back to that and see what else is in that. Yeah. <laughs> we might come back to that. But yeah, that is definitely in there. I went and saw it in the cinema when it came out and I Ooh. was the only person in the cinema. Uh, and I remember sitting there thinking I'm watching something quite incredible, something quite special. Um, <laughs> and it's and, and and I really feel it is. I mean, it, the, the, the story is, uh, it's a Chandler-esque kind of kidnap plot involving the protagonist Jeff Bridges is sort of deadbeat layabout who um, likes a little toke and a bit of bowling and the odd white Russian. And he, uh, yeah, he's got sort of these strange friends, Donnie and Walter who he hangs about with. Walter's kind of a Vietnam vet who, who hasn't quite, who's probably got PTSD and um, you've got Donnie who doesn't really say a lot. And it's just, he is a kind of a bumbling person. Yeah. And this, and this incident happens, these two goons come into his house, they piss on his rug and um, he's upset about it. And so he decides to, it's a, basically a case of mistaken identity. He tries to find out who the real Lebowski is, the other Lebowski, because his name's Jeff Lebowski. Um, but everyone refers to him as the dude. Um, and that's what he he's known as. And so, yeah, he tries to um, retrieve uh, some sort of compensation from the other Lebowski. Mm -hmm. uh, and in, in and in doing that, he gets sort of wrapped up and embroiled in a in a, in a kidnap plot, which he, he's sort of kind of sent to to solve. Um, and that's where the sort of Chandler, Raymond Chandler kind of stuff comes in. And he's a bit of a Philip Marlowe kind of character. So wait, okay. So let's let's do this now. What else would be in your kind of top five ish? What else is it? What surrounds it? Like uh, okay, no quite eclectic. Five um, Fight Club. Okay, uh, Twelve Favourite. Angry Men. Ooh, um, Shawshank Redemption, which is quite an Sorry. obvious one. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> well, that's four. That's yeah. four, isn't it? What would be five? Spinal Tap. Let's go Spinal Tap for number five. Mm. Very strong choices. Have you guys uh, seen this before, Jim and Helen? Um, I had. I'm actually really glad Giles uh, chose this movie because when I saw that he picked it, my initial reaction was, oh, Big Lebowski. Because I'd watched the first 15 or 20 minutes long time ago, probably 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when I probably wasn't ready to watch it and mm. I struggled to get through it. And so I did think, oh, this is going to be a bit of a bit of a struggle to get through. Um, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. So I'm really glad because I probably would have gone to my grave never having watched it again, assumed it was a terrible movie, and I was delighted to be proven wrong. Ellen? Are you asking me if I've seen this? Yes, I've, I've seen this. Before. I, I, I know you've seen it, but, you know, Jasper <laughs> and the rest of our listeners don't know if you've seen it. <laughs> I love this film. I didn't get to see it at the cinema because I don't think we had a cinema um, in the in my town when this came out. I think it was the period when we had no cinema. So I'm not sure when I picked up on it, maybe a couple of years later, but I loved this film. Um, I had it on VHS and when I was a student, used to uh, smoke weed and drink white Russians and, and watch it as film students do. So um, a lot of happy memories. And I, hadn't, I haven't seen it for a while. And... When you picked it, I was very excited. And then watching it, I was even more excited because, oh, it's it's so funny. Maybe it's my favourite Coen Brothers film, possibly. Wow. Quite possibly, I think. We've had a few Coen Brothers films in here, which we can maybe discuss in a bit, but yeah. I think I, th- I, think I thought it was going to be a sort of like uh, um, pre-Seth Rogen stoner movie. Um, right. And it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. Like, there's so much going on in this movie and there's so many layers to it. But I think my preconceptions were that it was going to be a bit of a sort of slacker movie. But uh, And maybe that's why I wasn't, I'd been put off before maybe or wasn't into it. But I'm really glad that you picked it, Giles, because um, I thought it was brilliant. I think first thing to say is that we we wouldn't be, myself, well, Flix Watch Podcast wouldn't exist if it wasn't for this film. Helen and I on a film quiz team together called the Shabos Rollers. Shabos is in <laughs> rolling on the Shabos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... Our captain is his favorite film is The Big Lebowski, and he he got us he's, he's put a call out on Twitter, and he's put a tweet out today on um, which we'll get to later under the name under the moniker Top Film Tip. So hello Ben, he's been on this uh, podcast a couple of times. So yeah, first of all, say Flix Watch may not have existed if this film hadn't done. So uh, big props to the Coen Brothers. And the second <laughs> is, is a bit of a, it is a bit of a marmite film. It seems some people vehemently love it to bits, and some people are just like, why is this a film? And this sounds almost like the experience you had, Jim, was like after 15 minutes, just kind of thinking, I don't know why this is good. And I think everyone else is wrong. And then the second time you watch, you think, oh, fucking hell, this is actually genius. And I still, I think there's still a good, more than silent majority of people just think this film is absolute nonsense, even though they've seen it all the way through. But there's a good few people who love it to to their dearest of hearts. And I'm on, I'm on the, you know, love it to my heart. I think it's just brilliant. I've never seen it in cinema and it's, I should see it in the cinema. I think this will be good Prince Charles and the, and they do quote alongs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not oh, sure about yeah. quote, you know, but you know, I'll go with it. But uh, it's, it's, it's a fantastic film and I'm glad you picked it because I haven't seen it for ages. So thanks Giles. Oh, it, do you know the, the review I read before I went to see it was in, I think it was in empire magazine. And the last mm. line of the review said, I wish that all films were made by the Coen brothers. <laughs> But I mean, let's talk about the Coens because they just—they're extremely varied in the in their yeah. output, and 
in the quality some people would say there's some films I mean, Helen does like No Country for Men I, I really like it um, so there's films which people again divide audiences and that's that's a really interesting kind of thing to do um, Old Brother One Out There is one I don't like that much oh, oh, yeah, I love that one yeah, yeah, I, I like love it, it as well I mean, I actually I love the song in that a lot. I don't know if there are actually many Coen Brothers movies that I don't like. I mean, I'm I am a big big fan of the Coen Brothers. I think I've got every I think I've got all their movies on DVD. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and funny enough, you were saying about the Big Lebowski. I had it on VHS, then I got it on DVD, and now I've got it on Blu-ray. So as soon as I upgrade to I 4K, it's it's <laughs> holograms. Yeah, yeah. When they do the virtual reality version, I'll be there. But yeah, it's um. Yeah, I think it's interesting you say about the Marmite thing because I think actually it's a bit of a Marmite thing for people that actually are big fans of the Coen Brothers because I think sometimes the Coen Brothers, some people don't like the slightly more um, absurd kind of stuff that they do. So, the, you know, if they like the kind of darker, Far- you know, Fargo's got slightly, has got comedic elements in it, but they do like the sort of darker stuff they do, Blood Simple, things like that. Whereas the sort of Raising Arizona's, the Big Lebowski, the Burn, Up, the Burn After Eating stuff, some of the, some people aren't as keen on that, and I've had conversations with people who are big fans of the Coen Brothers, and they've said, "Oh yeah, I really like their more serious stuff, but I don't like you know, um, you know, those intolerable cruelty and things like that, where it's a little bit more com- like on the comedy side of things." But I think you know, so for me, some actually, the Big Lebowski does mar- marry quite a lot of different mm. different um, genres within it. Actually, I think for me, it's it's when they get the casting spot on that's. The, the real excitement for me because I forgot there were so many people in in this. Um, uh, I mean, Jeff Bridges as the dude is like a role he was maybe born to play. <laughs> yeah. He's so good at it, and mm. he's so convincing. And you know, Donnie and Walter—they're so convincing as these slightly strange people living, sort of very normal lives who accidentally end up in something quite surreal. And uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. I've pleased. Mm. Um, Julianne Moore in one of my favorite roles that I've mm. seen her in. This might've been the first thing that I'd seen her in. I was like, who is this woman? I want to see her every, every time on screen. And then you've got supporting roles from Peter Stomer in hilarious role and Flea yeah. from the Chili Peppers and Tara Reid, whatever happened to her, um, yeah. I completely forgot she was in it. But somehow one of the, one of the nihilists. Yeah. Just checking. Oh, the Germans. Yeah. 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 Amy Mann's one of the nihilists. She yeah. has her toe cut off. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's so surreal even in it, it's casting, but, um, yeah, I mean the dude. Uh, this, my fav- one of my favorite bits is where he's in the bath. He's got his candles, he's having smoke, and he's just like, "I just want to have like a nice little bath." And then they come with the marmot, and he's like, "Oh, nice marmot!" <laughs> yeah. Throws it in the bath, and you know he's just trying to get through life. He, you know, he just enjoys bowling, drink, you know, drinking, having a blues bliss, and just all this stuff just keeps coming out and he's just like, man, I'm just not really interested. And people keep dragging him along and causing his hassle and his car, you know, he loses his car, nails a bit of wood to the floor the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) Falls off it, falls over it. You just, yeah. And you just, oh, you just feel for him. You know, you just want to like take him out for a drink and, you know, just be his mate. I think one of the key scenes with, with him is just like, just wanted to live his life for me is when he's, just lying back on the rug. I think it's one that, that he acquired from Jeff Lebowski. 
He's just lying back in his rug with sunglasses on, old school Walkman. Just, you know, I, you know, I did it when I was nine, 10, three to 16, just listen to music fully enveloped. And then his eyes open and someone just smacks him in the face. So he's just there doing what he wants to do. And then someone's like, takes him out of it. And it's like, oh man, I just want to do, I want to be myself chilling out. What I love about that scene as well, he's not listening to music, he's listening to bowling pins being which is just so brilliant it's just like every character is so well drawn out i think that's the thing like you've got this this like i say this this kidnap plot and it's that kind of like say that kind of chandler-esque thing which i've mentioned a few times but it's that you know the farcical kind of um crime thing going on but then you've got these beautiful characters and that's the thing that's so good about it i think well let's talk a bit about walter because he's one of the he's one of these people i've never seen Mr. Goodman on, on better form than in this, and, and it's good. He's actually really good in um, Inside Lewin Davis. Yeah, he does do a lot of Coen Brothers movies. I, I think he's in quite a lot of their films. Art and Fink as well, isn't he? He's in Raising Arizona, and I think he's in No Brother We're Out There. He plays yeah. the Cyclops in that, doesn't he? He's got the patch over his eye. So yeah, he, he does play a good range of characters. He's someone I'd kind of written off after Blues Brothers two thousand, um, <laughs> but he does do good roles genuinely, and you know. But in this, he's just like he's it's like a, almost like an arch villain sometimes, and you just kind of think, can you just let the dude do what it wants to do because you're you're catalyst for a lot of the nonsense that's happening. <laughs> yeah. So he's got he's got the catalyst within his friends, and he's got the catalyst on the other side of things, and it's it's kind of weird, and he's kind of stuck in the middle, uh, drinking his white Russians. And by the way, I I started drinking white Russians a lot after watching <laughs> this film, and I'm sure a lot of people did. Saying <laughs> white Russians must have gone through the roof after this absolutely. movie. Absolutely. Well, the knowledge of, that they, of their existence. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, John Goodman's amazing in this role, but I think what makes it is in any other movie that would just be a comedy role. But he does mm. bring a lot of sort of a lot of sort of pathos to it. And the bit at the end, and Charles and I we spoke on the phone about this the other day when they released Donnie's Ashes. Oh God! And he's going <laughs> off about the arm yet again. And then the dude brings him in, they have a hug, and it's a really tender moment. And you see in John Goodman's character and Walter, there's so much pain there. And mm. he's holding on to so much. And all he does is bow his head a little bit and hug him. And I, that, to me, tied in almost everything about that character. And it just it made it so much more than just a comedy character because you realise this guy is absolutely broken completely. In the, just just before that scene when they're in the funeral home and they're, trying to, they're arguing over, over $150 in, yeah. which is... Not that expensive also. These guys don't have much money, so mm. that's everything. And then that turns into a scene which should be like really sad saying goodbye to their friend, but turns into another farcical bit, then turns into a tender bit, as you said, Jim. Um, it's a re- that's, that's one of the scenes I think about a lot when I think about this film, because Donnie's ashes flying in, in dude's face is fucking hilarious. But, it's <laughs> yeah, it's so but even Donnie, even, again, even Donnie dying was like a sort of gut punch i wasn't ready for yeah. that at all because he's no. he, weirdly he's like he's he's a he's an important character but also he i mean he barely says anything it's a really weird role for steve buscemi because he'd already been in quite a lot of he'd done reservoir dogs by this point also he's done a lot of yeah. big movies and yet does he say more than 10 lines in this movie like it's really odd and yet he's, he's fantastic in it and i just wasn't well, ready we- him to die it was re- again i if my coen brothers are so good there's more to it than just the comedy elements that that completely threw me that bit and i really wasn't ready for it well, he was, uh, every time he tries to speak, he gets shut down by Walter in, in hilarious yeah, fashion. That's true, that's true. You're out of your wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> I was going to say um, um, John, John Turturro's as well. Say, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus, man. He, yeah. That, that is, yeah. I, mean. I, I thought he was in it a lot more because my memory of 
that his association with the Big Lebowski was so much that I was like, he's only really in it for a very, very short time. And I thought he was in it for a lot more. And it's, it's one of the things that the Coen brothers do quite well is have these A characters that are flamboyant mm. and they're sticking for a few minutes. But also like a, it's a non sequitur, doesn't really go anywhere. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. that's why I guess John Turturro felt the need to have this film, Jesus Rolls, which hasn't gone down very well. I will no, watch it some. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not good not good yeah, it's, down there. It's, a, yeah, um, it's a real thinker yeah and but that's you know the way he's introduced is like this guy he's got a spanish version of uh, hotel california and they're doing that thing with the with the uh with the bowling balls overtly se- sexual and walter's like yeah he's a pervert when he's having to go door to door it's really dark <laughs> it's really dark that bit it's comes out of nowhere it's really funny as well and yeah. he's got like his little hairnet and everything and um, yeah. the dude just is like Jesus and he's like yeah that's me <laughs> you said it man um, talking about this there's so many funny lines there's like um, a line where um, he's like what is this and he's, he's like I can tell you're not a golfer and yeah. <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing about um, the dog as well there's just a conversation where it's like you brought the dog bowling and fucking dog bowling it's like on a date and um, everything about um, Julianne's more when she's talking about everything's strongly vaginal yeah. in vagina <laughs> um, and it's just it's just really 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 funny I think one of the funniest scenes in all film history one one that makes me laugh when I think about it out loud each time is that when he goes to Treehorn Place and um, he sees him scrolling he sees he's on the phone the guy oh, you on picked the, this bit out yeah. didn't you Jim yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. He's on the phone and he's scribbling something on the <laughs> on the pad, and the dude says, "All right, okay, I need to go and see what he's written on that." Does that thing with a pencil, and it's just an outline of a man with massive erection. <laughs> I absolutely pissed myself laughing at that bit because it's such a simple gag. It's so simple, and as you said, again, and it goes nowhere. They ju- he just does that. It's, it's got no plot device whatsoever. It's just to draw a picture of a man with an erect penis, and it works. So it's beautifully done. I absolutely cried laughing at that bit. A friend of mine, me. Massive fans of like he's he's got a bit of a Lebowski shine in his, in his house. I bought him um, uh, a quite nice alternative poster for the movie, and he's he's got a bowling pin which he picked up in the states, mm. an old battered old bowling pin, and he's got like a little shrine to the to the big Lebowski, and he's um, he's he's made himself a little room with a TV and stuff, and he plays video games in there. And um, we are always quoting the bit where John Goodman and um, the dude go to the, the kid's house. I knew you were going to say and, that. And, uh, <laughs> uh, this is what happens, Larry, when yeah. you fuck a stranger in the ass. <laughs> because that is just uh, such a wonderful scene, which just gets more and more and more. You just, I mean, every time, every, every window that he smashes with that crowbar, um, it <laughs> exacerbates the, the hilarity of that. He? He's just like, no, no, yeah. it's not going to end well. I think on the ITV version, it was like, this is what happens when you meet a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> what, that makes no sense. Amazing. Um, is there anything you guys want to say before we head to the scores? Yeah, I, I just want to say, I I really love bowling. And I think this, this is like a real love letter to bowling and bowling yeah. alleys, which... More so than Kingpin? I was going to say Kingpin's um, the other bowling movie that's... I don't, I'm not... I'm not <laughs> I could take that or leave it. But this, 
you know the soundtrack as well like i can't oh, the i can't hear yeah. i just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in without yeah. thinking of this and it's just great but yeah just you know watching the pins be knocked down and the spray going into the shoes and the bottled beer and you know just the old dudes bowling and getting their strikes it's mm. just it's really warm and lovely and i just really love it yeah, the cinematography with the bowling stuff, it, as you say, is a complete homage to bowling. Although I, I watched it during the pandemic and I did realise that I was sticking our fingers into these balls that everyone else has. It's, I mean, it's not great, is it? it it's, it's, it's not great for... You're going to re-evaluate all these things, all these little things you did without... Um... I'd go bowling tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, me too. I love bowling. <laughs> would you wear gloves or would you be just bring your own stand Would you just like use the same ball She's each time? Just, I'd, just, just like my, I'd be fine just like not touch my face. I touch my face too much. That's that's my problem. That that's and I'm terrible at bowling. <laughs> the I other thing say. I'd like to say about the movie, sorry, Kobe, was yeah. that um it's the is the sort of more surreal moments in it as well, like those sort of dream sequences he has, mm-hmm. which are beautifully shot again. And you know, and also there's that backdrop of the sort of um Gulf War, which you know, there's the Saddam Hussein like running the the oh, bowling yeah. alley kind of thing that like those scenes. But that's like kind of it is there, it's in there, you know, those those bits where he's um, uh, where there's that scene at, right in the beginning where he's watching the TV and Bush says this aggression will not stand, and then when he's in with the uh, with the other Lebowski and he's he's you know this this aggression will not stand, you know, he's like using those lines and all that stuff. So oh, it's just so beautifully put together. I just think yeah. I was just going to say in terms of cinematography, this is another Coen Brothers, Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think it's too flamboyant, but it does it does. The palette's beautiful, I think. You've got that bowling alley palette is almost yeah. through the whole movie, isn't it? I think one of the best was Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? in terms of hit their combination. Um, I think that, that looks fantastic together with those two, um, the Coen Brothers and, and, and Deco. Hmm. Um, should we head to the scores, guys? I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have come from the worlds of film, television, music, food, comedy, and podcasting. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. Let's head over to the Flix Watcher scores. All of our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And we will start with you, Giles, please, with your recommendability. Five. It has to be a five. <laughs> I, there's going to be uh, there's going to be like a bit of a uh, trend with my scores on this one. Like I say, it's in my top five. It has to yeah. be a five. Um, it's one of my favourite movies of all time. Jim? Um, I think it would depend on who I'm recommending it to. Like, sure. I think people yeah. my age, uh, into things I'm into, people that like bowling, for example. Or, I mean, so many of my friends love bowling. Um, I would be a five. I probably wouldn't recommend it to my mum. I don't think it's the sort of movie that... Although maybe she would. She, you know, she continues to surprise me into her old age. Um, so I'm going to give it a 4.5. Helen? 
uh, there's no way this is getting anything other than a five. I love this film. I love everything about it. And, you know, if everyone was just like a little bit more like the dude, yeah. then, you know, wouldn't the world just be a little bit more chill and just a little bit less stressful and, you know. Sam Elliott says something similar to that right at the end of the movie, doesn't he? I think he does say something about, I think we all could do, all could be a bit more dude. Yeah. Mm. I think, I think we could. I'm going to go for 4.5 for the same reason as Jim. Cause I have had conversations with people who are just like, I don't know why people love this film at all. And there are, there is, is a subset to those. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm considering those when I consider re- recommendability, but someone came up to me and said, should I watch the big basket? I say, yeah, well, yeah. If I don't know anything about them, why not? Mm. I might give some caveats. I said, don't don't worry about some things. Just just go. Just, yeah, I say, just go with the flow. Just enjoy it. Let it wash over you. And if you don't yeah. like it, then you don't like it. But I had that. It's, I had that before, didn't I? I was saying before that I didn't give it a chance. It is a sort yeah. of movie you have to go with 100%. But if you do, you'll be rewarded massively. So what point did you pull out? What point was like the final straw on the camel's back the first time? I think I... Or did you just think you just had other things in your mind and it just wasn't wasn't going to be... Probably other things. I mean, I had a very hectic teenage years, Kobe, <laughs> growing up <laughs> in northwest Kent in the suburbs. It was it was horrendous. Um, I can't you remember. Like, I, yeah, exactly. I couldn't relate to the dude's lifestyle. Um, I think I got to the bit where he uh, went to the Big Lebowski uh, to talk about the rug, and I don't, think, I don't think I got past... I possibly got to the bit where we meet... Bunny Lebowski, but I don't think I got past that, which really right. isn't, isn't enough time to get into it, I don't think. No. Uh, repeat viewing score, Giles. I can sense where this is. I've watched this every day. I could watch this every day. Five. <laughs> uh, Jim, this is your first full, complete watch. Um, how often do you think you will watch it going forward? I think it could be the sort of movie that if I've got a bit of a lazy afternoon, nothing to do, maybe a bit of work, I could easily put it on and have it in the background, but I could also easily sit down and, and watch it and pay attention to it. So mm. it's it, it's a comfort viewing for me and a comfort movie. Uh, so I'm going to give it a big fat five. It's really interesting to hear for someone literally who's watched it for the first time and you're taking it to heart so so quickly. I, um... well, I think maybe I'm at the right, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm a very, I'm actually, without joking, You've grown into different. the film, Jim. Yeah, I've grown into myself, Giles. In many ways, I've grown into the face. <laughs> I've grown into this body. Um, I'm a different person, I think. Well, I'm a very different person. I know that for a fact from when I first watched it. Um, so I think I know myself a bit better now. Uh, we're just getting really deep. Uh, so yeah, I think now's the right time for me to watch it. Fair enough. Uh, Helen? So I think I've fallen less in love with the Coen's more recent releases. Um, and this really made me remember like why I love them and like actually I do really like some of their films like really really like and I just had so much fun watching this again and I'd maybe I'll get some white white Russians in and and, and watch it again sometime soon um but yeah a five I really 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 enjoyed watching this again it was great fun <laughs> I'm going to go for a bit lower, 4.5, 4.5 again. Um, I will keep watching it lots, lots and lots, um, but I don't think it's, it's going to be my, it's not going to be a super go-to film at any point because I think I will want to pay attention to it. I'm not like Jim. I don't think I could ever have it just in the background. I, I will want to fully be enveloped by it. Mm. Uh, Giles, small screen score. Can I, can I just say, sorry, sorry, before we do that, we've missed a trick here. We should all be drinking white Russians. We should be. <laughs> I didn't even know what Clue was. I can't really committed. drink them anymore, to be honest. <laughs> Milky. Well, I'm teetotal, so it won't work for me. I could have the milk. 
a virgin white Russian. You can have like two max, I think, in in one go. Mm. I think is the max. I think, I think it's like um, that that time you were a kid at Easter and you had too much chocolate and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't, I can't do any more of this. It's, I think it's good to start the night out with a white Russian, but you can't you can't sustain it, can you? Who's sorry to go off track? Who's everyone? Everyone's got that one drink. Mine's Bacardi Breezes that I had too much. I had a bad experience as a kid, and then never never again. It would have been something like WKD for me. WKD. Oh god, disgusting stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I think Newcastle Brown Ale was what I used to drink when I was sort of a Newcastle teenager, and that was Brown Ale. Wow, that is. I mean, you, that you can use that as toilet cleaner, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know why kids used to drink that because it didn't taste nice and it's not sweet at all, is it? No. White lightning, 50-50, beer. It's whatever could get you sort of pissed the quickest. (laughs) Normally in like a big, big bottle that you could just get one person to get and buy it. Go down the park. Yeah. (laughs) A classic (laughs) halcyon days. Uh, Small screen. Well, Having 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 watched this originally on the big screen, it, it deserves to be watched in, um, yeah, full widescreen viewing because it's just so luscious. Mm-hmm. Um, the cinematography we talked about that, didn't we? Roger Deakins' um, cinematography is so good. Um, so I think, but having said that, it it looks f- perfectly good on a smaller screen as well. I think that um it, it it adapts it hasn't got huge sort of action scenes or anything so i think it works you know it works well on a on a smaller screen so it's another five <laughs> shock Jim. horror um i obviously have not seen it on the big screen and actually as giles was talking there i was just thinking i bet those psychedelic trippy scenes are incredible um on a cinema screen mm. and i won i mean they were still good obviously on my tv which isn't huge um, I, uh, it pro- yeah, it probably is a lot better on on the big screen. Uh, it was fine. It was good. I enjoyed it on on the smaller screen. But I think because it probably is immensely better on the big screen, I'm going to give it a score of four. Helen, yeah. So I've only ever seen it on small screens, and while I do kind of enjoy that, I would like to see it on on a big screen. Um, but I have had a lot of fun watching it on smaller screens and uh, in company of others as well um back in my student days it was mm-hmm. a good one to watch in company so um i'm also going to go for a four yeah i'm gonna go for 4.1 here i'd really love to see this in prince charles um i think it'd be a good place to see it. and prince charles is one of those places where when you're surrounded by people no love and no one loved the film like to bits i'm sure i'll pick out other things which i hadn't noticed as well and i think it's one of those kind of films that does um, going back to repeat viewing score a bit does reward repeat viewing. Um, so not necessarily for the, for the screen size, but I think for the experience of watching with other people who love, love the film as well, it'll be really good. It's really good to watch on your own. I watched it on my own in the cinema. <laughs> you've, you've said repeatedly, Charles. Yeah, literally on my own. It was. It was. And do you know what? I, I remember sitting there watching it, thinking. There's loads of people missing out on mm. this really amazing film. I remember thinking, ah, oh, I'm, 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 this is like a secret almost that this is this fantastic film that I'm watching and no one else is watching it with me. I think it went a bit under the radar, didn't it, when it first came out and became more of a DVD kind of hit. Yeah, that- yeah, it did. Yeah, I think, I think, like I say, it got it got critical acclaim. Mm. Like I remember, like I said, that Empire Magazine review I read, and I think, uh, um, I suppose film 
would would have been Barry Norman would have been probably still doing film um, the film show on BBC. I think he might have given it a decent review. So I think yeah, I'd read good reviews, which is why I went to see it. I think the the Coen Brothers probably only really in what maybe the last five years maybe have been you know bankable in terms of bringing in money. They never Mm. really set Um, the box office alight, and they were still in the nineties. They were pretty underground and quirky and, and and not really very mainstream so i think the, the film after was the next film after this fargo was it um, fargo was before, before i think yeah. Before, okay. yeah um don't off the top of my head i can have a look while you're doing the other one uh engagement score giles well you'll be surprised <laughs> <I wonder>. to know <laughs> 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 Five. I'm, I'm <laughs> so invested in this film. It has to be a five. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been, yeah, because I just, you know, I, I can, I can recite it pretty much. I, I can sit and watch it and recite it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, and yeah, it, it's just, yeah, it's just a special film to me, really. Um, it's got a place in my heart. Jim. So, Kobe, you just gave it a 4.1 on the last one, and I didn't realize that our decimals could be that accurate. So it could be we've we've had pie before. Adam Adam Boston gave pie. <laughs> no, so. <laughs> what movie was oh, that? That was, good. That was, uh, was either Squid and the Whale. Was the film Pie? Was it? <laughs> no, sadly not. Was uh, it Squid and the Whale? Or was it the? Um, was I it? I can't the, remember which one it was. Whether it was his choice, it was either that one <laughs> or What Happened, Miss Simone. Yeah, one of the ones. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I was going to give an answer that's nowhere near as funny as that, so now I'm going to backtrack massively. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give it a 4.23. <laughs> getting, getting used to how these decimals can work. Uh, Helen? Yeah, so before that, so Oh Brother, Where Are That, I think, came after it. So they yeah. started working with Clooney, and I think, obviously, his star power probably bumped them up a little bit. Mm. And they did Intolerable Cruelty with him as well, didn't they? And Burn, yeah. and burn After Reading. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I like about the Coens, is they do tend to reuse the same people. And to be honest, if you were, if you're, you guys are both creative, right? So you know people you can just trust, you know people you can enjoy hanging around with, I think is a big part of the thing as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and you know people who can just get, you know, produce results so i'm surprised a lot of actors a lot of directors don't just use the same people every single time well it's uh, funny we we talked to jim piddock um on on, the, on our podcast and he he does a lot of work with chris christopher guest and okay. um like christopher guest does a lot of movies with the same cast i mean he said it's almost like having a theater group really yeah. um and i guess you know some directors use that you know use that and i guess when you're rehearsing and stuff yeah. Before you start shooting, it's probably really nice to have those familiar faces around. People you can trust. Yeah. Helen. Engagement five. Um I just I really enjoy spending time in this film. Yeah, I'm gonna go for five as well. I think once you start watching it, whether you whether you're just there to let it wash over you or whether you're like fully actively watching it, I'm not picking my phone up at any point doing this. I'm not thinking about anything else apart from what's on the screen. Um, and that gives us an overall score of 4.67688. So Ben, our captain for Shabba's Rollers film team, I think we be very happy with that. Um, should we head to the Twitter? Mm. Okay, guys. So do follow us, everyone who's listening, do follow us uh, at FlixWatcherPod. That's at FlixWatcherPod. Uh, because each time we go into a record with the lovely people like Jim and, and, and Giles here, we do put a shout out such as 
this one. We are reviewing The Big Lebowski with Jim at Jim Daily Comedy and at Eli is Tender. Can you explain what that is? Oh, it's Eli is Tender. So my eldest is called Eli. Ah. He's, and he's very sweet. So it was Eli is Tender, you see. <laughs> okay, at, at Eli is Tender from Blank Pod. Have you seen it? Give us your thoughts and the score out of five stars. And we'll give you a shout out. So, um, Charles, do you want to lead us out with the first? Yeah, I've got one here from Chris Olden. He says, <laughs> uh, a cult classic. It's a go-to movie when the stresses of the world get too much. The dude abides. Five dude abides. stars. <laughs> That's a good review, actually. That's a very good mm. review. I think it probably is a good movie to watch when uh, when the stress of the world gets too much. In fact, it's perfect for that. Um, I was just, I was just thinking. Sorry, uh, the I did kind of mock at the at the quotes along. But I have also been to the Prince Charles uh, sing-alongs, um, but there are a lot of quotable lines in it. Just like the dude abides, and you know, you know, well, that's like your opinion, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there are there are lots of these lines that are just kind of smattered in, and I think you don't realise. Um, so I think I, I do need to go to a quote along and top film to up. I'm, I think he's been to one. Um, yes, yeah. and he's tweeted us as well. Uh, top film tip: ruined rug causes chaotic catastrophe of unchecked aggression, bowling, ransom, and ringers. This is beautiful. Consummate Cohen comedy. Uh, hashtag the Lebowski. This intricately constructed accidental detective treat is flawless nothing added or taken away could simply improve it simply sublime and then he's done loads of emojis of what i think looks like a white russian mm-hmm. and a toe which i'm a uh, foot which i'm guessing is a reference to the toe being cut off that is, is probably indeed. the best tweet review i've ever seen of any movie <laughs> Well, do follow to at top at top film tip. Um, he puts out tweet recommendations for films that are available on on non streaming. I'm going to now. I'm literally yeah. going to follow him right now. Done. <laughs> um, and this is his favorite film. So obviously, he's. I think he's poured heart and soul into that one. You know, <laughs> it, it was 140 characters and doubled it uh, there. So thanks a lot, very much uh, at top at top film tip, guys. Very quickly, can you tell us where we can find you online? Uh, remind everyone of your podcast and we'll say goodbye to you. Yeah, you can find me on most social channels. I am um, at Eli's Tender, 10-1-0. And yeah, the Blank Pod you can listen to on all pod places. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Blank Pod. Uh, yeah, please do listen to Blank Pod if you like people is that a good way of promoting it yeah, kind of. um if you like long form conversations Jim. well we have we do have a lot of actors on there so you know people that might have been in movies that you like um so we'd love a listen on there and you can follow me uh at jim daily comedy on twitter and facebook and instagram and i got a youtube comedy youtube football account comedy youtube football song account god he had it all in there so if you're into that kind of thing follow me on youtube fantastic Oh, thank you very much, guys. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye. 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 Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter, and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell them Flixwatcher sent you. You 
just heard a stripped media production. 